Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to this episode of The Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm extremely grateful that you're here today. Uh, I started this show, The Happy Hour, because I believe that stories matter, uh, that they truly do have the ability to change lives. One of the best stories that was ever lived was that of Jesus, a man who not only changed the lives around him, but he continues to change the lives of others every day because of his love, because of his sacrifice, because of what he's done for us. Now, my life was personally drastically changed when I was 21 years old through an encounter with Jesus, and I've never been the same. I'm happy this summer to bring you four episodes of stories all about encounters with Jesus. Over these next few weeks, you're going to hear about lives that have been changed through the gospel. Today on the show, Phaedra Taylor and I sit down, and I honestly wish I could have talked to Phaedra for hours upon hours. A couple reasons. Number one, she was just really awesome and kind, and I liked her. We have mutual friends, and it was the first time we met, and now I want to be friends with her forever. But number two, her story is incredible. And it's not just interesting because, you know, she used to be in a cult and now she's not. And that's intriguing in and of itself. But also the way that she talked about falling in love with Jesus and the way that she talks in the show today about the way people's lives around her who were Christians impacted her view of life and of herself and of Jesus. It was so amazing. And it's what I want more in my life of. I want more Phaedra stories in my life. I can't wait for you to hear her story uh, in the way that, man, God just was, his His hand was all over her life as she was growing up, and he was just drawing her towards him. So many of the stories that you hear on the happy hour uh, involve someone hearing about Jesus through a friend and then getting plugged into a local church, which you're going to hear that today in Phaedra's story as well. I believe in the local church with everything that's in me, and I think it's crucial to, in the life of a follower of Jesus, which is why I love partnering with ICM. I've told you about them already this summer, and if you were around last summer, you know that together, you and I, this whole Happy Hour community, we built a church building for the Karuma Church in Uganda. Yes, if you missed it, we really did that. We built a church building. I was so stinking proud of us all. We raised $15,000 together, and we're doing it again this summer. If you love your local church like I do, imagine not having a building. Of course, you could still meet, like my church meets in downtown Austin at a high school, but we still have a building that we go to. And of course, people around the world without buildings are still in community and all of those things. We know those things to be true. We also know what a huge help it would be to have a building, a, a building of refuge, a safety place, a place that you could gather. And that's what we're doing again. We're coming alongside an already established local church. This is a body of believers who meet together faithfully together, but they don't have a building. And we want to help them get a building and help them get resources in their native language. Uh, we did the math, you guys. If 3,000 of you gave $5, and there are thousands more of you that are going to be listening to my voice today. If 3,000 of you gave $5, uh, that would make us a difference and we'd get to our goal. 
Some of you have more than $5. If you gave last year and, and maybe you give monthly already, how about just sending a little bit more money? Or if you gave one time last year, what is a one-time gift in the summer, every summer towards building a church? That is awesome. Go to jamieivy.com slash build a church. No spaces, just jamieivy.com slash build a church. All right, you guys, I told you on the 500th episode last month about our new Ivy Media podcast collaborative group, band of friends and people who just want to make awesome podcasts. Well, my friend Tony Collier, her show is releasing, and so I want you to hear her trailer. I want you to go find her podcast. I want you to subscribe. It's amazing. Still Coloring with Tony Collier. Here's the trailer. Hey, fam. Welcome to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am your host, Tony Collier, and each series, we lean into the stories of women and men that uncover their brokenness and practically show us all how they've rebuilt their lives with hope and grit. Come on, come on, let's lean in. Hey y'all, my name is Tony Collier and I want to officially welcome you to the Still Coloring Podcast. You know, it's really interesting what happens when you choose to heal the brokenness that you've been holding for years, decades, maybe even. What happens is you start to see yourself differently. You realize that your brokenness doesn't actually discount you, but you can still do really amazing things. And then you realize that maybe you were actually made to heal. You see, we weren't meant to stay in valleys. I mean, maybe... Maybe we were put there to build endurance and grit, but we were designed for Eden, for mountains of hope. We were designed to overcome, and we weren't designed to do it alone. I love the scripture that says um, that God is close to the brokenhearted, and he revives those who are crushed in spirit, Psalm 34, 18. You see, because not only were we made to heal, but we were made to heal with God really, really close to us. Another thing that I realized on my healing journey is that when you begin to heal and become whole, you almost don't want to hide it. You want to tell your family and your friends and the world, guys, look, look at what God has done. Hope is now pumping through my veins. Redemption is mine. Look at what God did. And then the light that you share, it attracts other people. Because when you begin to unfold your story of absolute brokenness and God's hand in it, producing redemption and freedom and true hope, you begin to want that for others and they begin to draw close and want it for themselves. I think that's the reason why I created this podcast. See, I've, I've always known that my story alone can't fight the lie that the enemy has planted in our hearts, that our brokenness discounts us, that God doesn't actually have more for us after really hard seasons. But there just had to be more, you know? I always thought that. There had to be more people, more men, more women who have stories of overcoming brokenness and finding hope in the middle of it. And so here I am (laughs) praying that God would lead me as I find guests to be on this podcast to share their stories with absolute vulnerability, but also boldness so that you could listen. And then maybe you could find the hope and grit that's needed for you to tell your story and to find healing and hope. 
Now, this podcast is by no means a substitute for professional mental and emotional help from licensed therapists. As a matter of fact, we'll do our best to have licensed professionals on the show sharing advice and pointing you to invest in yourself, to find a counselor, a psychiatrist, or resources that can really help you heal. And I'll be there with you to resource you. I'll be holding stories tenderly with you, encouraging you, pointing you to the cross, and hopefully one day... On this show, you'll hear a story, and it will deeply change the way that you view yourself. Maybe hearing a story of brokenness that found hope and redemption would help you start to believe that it's available for you too. Hopefully one day you'll get the bravery that you need to tell your story about how you overcame brokenness, about how you found hope and grit and how you're still coloring. Now, on this very first season, which we have called Brave Enough to be Broken, we have some real incredible guests, y'all. We've got Jamie Ivey and Jackie Hill Perry, my sweet husband, Sam Collier. We've got Ann Voskamp, April Daniels, and Dr. Kurt Thompson. And when I started to pray about and process through who was going to be on the first season, who was going to speak into this idea that we can all actually be brave enough to be broken, I thought about these men and women of God. They're incredibly smart. They point us all back to Jesus. And even more than that, they have processed through some really, really hard things. And they found hope and grit. So... Welcome again to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. Ah, I can't even believe I get to say that. Let's dive in. The Still Coloring Podcast is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. It's produced and edited by Angie Elkins. The music is by Sam Collier of A Greater Story. Artwork is done by Natalie Maxey of Nueva Creative. The show notes are by Allie Young of Wild Young 3, and I am your host, Tony Collier. And I want to remind you that you can heal and find hope and grit right in the middle of it. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with Phaedra Taylor. Get the tissues out. I bawled like a baby on this show. (laughs) So here it is. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. 
here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Phaedra, welcome to the happy hour. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Well, this is exciting because you're a new friend. I mean, we just literally met 10 minutes ago, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we have mutual friends. You and Lindsay, like, go to sister churches. Mm -hmm. So, like, I just feel like we we have connections we don't even know about. Yep. So, yes. this is exciting. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on today to talk about your story of falling in love with Jesus and meeting him and following him. But before we do that, will you just give a little, tell people who you are, all the things. Yes. So, um, I live in Austin with my husband. His name is David. And we have two children, Blythe and Sebastian. Blythe is 10 and Sebastian is five. Okay. Um, and my husband is a priest and teaches theology also for Fuller Seminary and is a writer. And I am an artist. And so we have we sometimes collaborate on projects, which is really fun. So fun. And then I have my own personal work that I do, um, mostly painting and love to make work for clients. and just really have been blessed to be able to be connected with a lot of people in the art and faith world. Yeah. And I love that. I love connecting those two things. Um, we have a bunch of family in Austin and lots of long-term friends. So we're back as of three years ago. We're really happy to be living here. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm glad to meet you. I'm glad to know you. Your art is beautiful. And my husband is an artist. He's a singer songwriter and a pastor. And I am none. No, there's if you say an artistic thing my name nothing falls under my name like I have zero um I just now am starting to believe that I'm a creative because you know Andrew mm. Peterson tells us that we're all that creatives is true. <laughs> so right. I'm just now kind of claiming that but um I don't even know what it would feel like to mm. both be an artist married to an artist so congrats to you Thank guys you. for making that it's a lot of emotional intensity I'll say. say yes 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 um well I'm really excited about sharing your story I'll give a little backstory um we have a mutual friend Mm -hmm. who I was having dinner with her one night and I was telling her, I think about this series that we do in the summer, which is our second summer to do it. And she goes, oh my gosh, you have to talk to my friend. She's in my <laughs> small group. And so that's kind of how we got connected. And so I'd love to hear some backstory from you because what I know is you grew up overseas mm -hmm. and you grew up in a family that were, was Jehovah's mm -hmm. Witness. Mm -hmm. And so give me a little backstory that we need to get to your falling in love with Jesus. Okay. Yeah, those two things I think are really important. So we grew up in Scotland. I have two siblings. Um, my parents were there because of oil. And okay. we lived in a very small village. And it is like what you imagine a small Scottish village to be, it was that. Like I want to go there today. I, I still want to go there <laughs> all the time. I would like to live there again. It sounds very dreamy. It was so dreamy. And I'm as a child, it just was like this amazingly beautiful place to live and there was so much nature I mean the ocean we were right on the ocean and I mean our our village was so small that like we didn't really have a grocery store okay and we walked to school I was in the village school there was a church on the hill I mean it was just like dreamy yeah 
So there's that part of my childhood, which I'm so grateful for. And I think a lot of that actually made me an artist because I was just surrounded by so much beauty yeah. all the time. Yeah. And there was a real simplicity to our life. And then the other half that you mentioned is that we were Jehovah's Witnesses. And um, that is a, a very particular kind of faith community. So Jehovah's Witnesses are a cult. Um, and they are, they are a cult that people see a lot because they go door to door. I'm sure you've seen them. They're kind of out and around. Um, and so I think sometimes people don't quite realize how um, oppressive and controlling their mm. community is. And so while we were in community with quite lovely people yeah. and had some really sweet friendships there, the whole atmosphere of that um, that sort of that the environment of it, the whole environment that they create is very controlling and very fear based. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of judgment and shame and they are controlling your behavior and your information. They have their own translation of the Bible. They have their own theology. You're not allowed to read outside of what they produce at all. You're not allowed to listen to music outside of what they produce. They believe that if you do any of that, that you're sort of opening yourself up to the devil, like influencing your mm. mind. Mm. You're supposed to be very separate from anyone that is not a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. So it's just, um, it was a very difficult way to be in the world. Yeah. And I would say that the people that we were in community with in Scotland were like the best of what you might experience yeah. in a cult environment. Uh -huh. um, but then we moved to the United States when I was 13. Okay. So I moved from tiny fishing village to massive Dallas suburb. And, you know, my school, I had I had gone to an American school half of the year before we moved. Mm -hmm. So I just switched to an American school and it was also very tiny. It was like 100 students. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, these gigantic uh, Dallas yep. junior highs, yep. you know, is what I was planted in. So I had really very difficult um, social experience yeah. and culture shock. And you were Jehovah's Witness. And I was Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. So and then and the congregation there in Dallas was much more intense as far as controlling behavior, being very judgmental with each other um, and then really honing in on you are separate, you are separate. So mm. I couldn't make friends at school. I couldn't be on a sports team. Wow. I couldn't join a club. I couldn't go to a dance. Mm -hmm. I had no way to integrate. I mean, being a teenager is hard enough. Right. And just the culture shock piece was mm. so massive. And then also to have this other reason that I not only couldn't belong, but I was really weird. Yeah. Um, and so I experienced bullying in three junior highs and all through high school. Mm. And that was just pretty devastating yeah. and difficult for Traumatic. me. Yeah. Can I ask you a couple of, just so we can wrap our head around a little bit of theology real quick with yes. the differences between Jehovah's Witness and mm -hmm. Christianity. Uh, from my understanding, Jehovah's Witness, very works-based. Yes, 100%. Do Jehovah's Witness believe in Jesus? They believe that Jesus is God's son, but mm -hmm. that he was a man. Just a man. Yeah, no he is divinity. not God. Um, they do not believe in the Trinity, and they actually are very anti-Trinity. Okay. And one thing that's important to remember about them or understand about them is they believe that all the rest of Christianity is, in Revelation, 
it is called there's like um the world empire of false religion is mentioned okay. and it's sometimes called babylon the great they believe that's what christianity is got it that they are the only real christians so anything to do with christianity that we anything that we know of mm -hmm. like authors that we love to read yeah. music we love uh -huh. to listen to preachers we might want to listen yeah. to like other denominations mm -hmm. like the happy hour with jamie ivy podcast exactly <laughs> <laughs> that that would not only be like oh that's not true but that is actually the devil's wow. work okay and so, so that's being ingrained in you all, all the, time. the time all, all the, the time. time because they also are it's very time heavy so they demand a lot so we had to go to a meeting they call it meetings not like services mm -hmm. we had to go to a meeting thursday night and tuesday night and sunday and saturday mornings we were going door to door okay. and we were preparing for those meetings before we go Got and it. so you have very little time in your life when you're not thinking about that yeah and also like you said because they are so works-based it really is you earn your whole life you work your whole life to to make god be okay with you mm. and maybe he is that is just making me feel very anxious and oh. stressed and it's actually really horrible. It's yeah. Because you never know. You hope at the end of your life that maybe you've done enough to please mm. God. But you have no sure salvation ever. They don't Which believe is the, in that. Like drastic opposite of oh. our faith in Jesus yes. and the grace. Okay, so yes. I've I've got Jesus down. You said they have their own Bible. Yes. Because if it's not the Bible that we use. Right. It's, because the, a lot of things we're talking about are in there, obviously. Right. right. So it's very similar. Okay. And this is something also that is super, you know, manipulative about this cult is it sounds so similar mm -hmm. to the gospel. Yeah. It's like three steps to the left of the gospel. Yeah. And so it's tricky. Mm -hmm. So they have their own Bible. A lot of it is the same, but key things are not. They've mm -hmm. changed key scriptures to support their own theology. Um, you know, it's that saying where it's almost true, mm -hmm. you know, and how that can be very detrimental to yes. someone's life, to a journey, to faith, all the things. So you have moved to a suburb of Dallas, ginormous mm -hmm. school, experiencing bullying in junior mm -hmm. high and high school. And then you living as a faithful Jehovah's Witness? Yes. Okay. I mean, we, I will say my dad was an elder. Mm -hmm. They have these massive conventions um, in the summers where like a ton of congregations all come together at a massive convention center and they're like two or three days of talks all day long. Mm -hmm. um, and we were like on those. Got like it. my dad was speaking we were like an example of a family okay that here's how they do a bible study yeah. kind of thing i yeah. got up once in front of thousands of people and talked about how i would put tracks in the front of my binder oh. at school so that i could talk to people yeah. and evangelize at school as they're bullying you as they're bullying me probably why they were bullying me <laughs> but so i understand like being a teenager is so hard and and even grown adults we look back and we see some of the hardships and everything mm -hmm. um but did you ever, I, I want to get to you following Jesus mm -hmm. as your savior and, and believing in all the things that we believe as Christians. Were there moments in your young adult life, high school, college, were there moments when you thought, this doesn't feel right? There, there has to be more than this. Like this feels like detrimental to my soul mm -hmm. instead of what I would imagine religion would feel like. Were there mm -hmm. moments like that? 
Well, I, you know, it was all I knew. Right. I, I, and I didn't have, so I didn't have anything to compare it to. And I really wasn't allowed to be around people that were not believing mm. that. So I didn't have a lot of those, those like rational thoughts like that. What I had were experiences that I now look back on and know, oh, that was God. Okay, tell me one. So they were always in nature. Okay. We were outside a lot as kids. What's your Enneagram number? Four. <laughs> your Enneagram four. You're an artist. Yes. Small town. This is just, I, I, I just yeah. feel like I, I need you to rub off on me. Because right. I have nothing that you have in yeah. your life and I want some more of it. So go for it. Okay. <laughs> so we did a lot of, it's called hill walking. It's the same as hiking. Okay. okay. That's what they say in Scotland, hill walking. Um, we did a ton of that. It was, I loved it. And there were many moments where Which, I was. Side note, I would rather go up a hill than a mountain. So I'm, I'm down yes. for the hill walking okay. too. Well, Scotland has lots of hills, okay, not very it. many mountains. Got it. So, um, yes, many moments where we're walking, I'm in nature and I just am captivated by something that is so overwhelmingly beautiful mm -hmm. and I remember I would like go off the path yeah. you know I would I would go into like a little mossy creek area yeah. with like mushrooms and the trees overhanging and the sun coming through all golden and I was just like I am in another world mm. and those those moments now I know that was God mm. just kind of pulling back a little bit yeah. the veil of like hey the kingdom of God is beautiful yeah. and there is more there is more than what you see wow. behind everything and and I and that is still what I'm exploring in my artwork now yeah. to this day like yeah. there is more what we see is the tiniest inkling of what is to come and what is behind so those kind of things just happen to me a lot yeah. and then another thing that I think of that sounds kind of silly but I used to cross myself in secret oh tell me about this so so I am now an Anglican, uh -huh. which is a liturgical tradition, and we cross ourselves as yeah. part of our worship. All, um, all of you, like, Baptist people, listen up, because you've never heard of this before. Right? Carry <laughs> so, on. <laughs> so it's just a physical way to reinforce something that is true. Yeah. You know, that's the simplest way to explain it. Um, and then, you know, in, in the UK, there's, like, a lot of Church of England, Church of Scotland, mm -hmm. and those, those are traditions that also ha are liturgical. And yeah. so people would cross themselves, mm -hmm. make the sign of the cross, touch your head, your stomach, and then each shoulder on yeah. your body. And I was like obsessed with it. Mm. And that was, so Jehovah's Witnesses are very anti-cross. They do not believe in the cross. The crucifixion? They, they believe Jesus died on a stake, not on a cross. So it's anti-cross. The cross is like a symbol that is to be feared and rejected. Okay. You do. You would never have anything that has a cross on it. Okay. Jehovah's Witnesses won't even go inside a church building because if it has a cross and because it's a church. Okay. Got yeah. It. So, so very very anti-cross yeah. and sh super anti-crossing yourself. Of, yeah. You <laughs> right? can see a cross. Don't cross yourself. Yeah. I mean, it was like it it it's like they would believe that the devil would come and get you yeah. if you did that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of the way that they frame yeah. things. So, but it sounds uh, very like. Uh, forgive me if this is offensive I don't mean it to be but almost like I'm imagining like Blair Witch trials how they were just so like yes. someone does something and all of a sudden the whole town is like turning on it's them it's very that way it feels like when you're mm -hmm. describing that that if someone were to see you do that it'd be very like oh yes. she is an evil one yes it would be like the devil has gotten a hold of okay. you kind of thing yeah and but I would do it yeah and even I don't even knew that even though I knew that yeah. and I I don't I can't make sense of that and I don't know why 
And it never felt wrong. Mm. It felt like I want to do this so mm. bad. And I did. I would do it in secret and I never yeah. would I never told anyone, you know. And then that was more when I was younger. And then when I was older, you know, I wasn't I wasn't doing that so much. But yeah. um and I think my teenage years, I didn't have those kinds of questions mm -hmm. because I was just trying to survive. Yeah. And I but what I felt was because I am a four, so like my knowledge is feeling, right? Yeah. So what I felt was this is wrong. Mm. Like the way it feels to be in this community is wrong. Mm. They say we are so loving and we are family, but everybody's telling on each other and yeah. watching out for somebody to make a mistake. Mm. Everyone is lying. Everyone is just completing the behaviors because they're afraid. Wow. No one is being honest with each other. Mm -hmm. And we're all just looking out for somebody else to tell on. Yeah. And it felt so like death. Yeah. But they were telling us, we are the happiest people. Mm -hmm. We are the most loving people. We take care of each other. No one else takes yeah. care of each other like we do. Yeah. We are the only true believers. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't make sense to me. There was no life. Yeah. It was only fear. And yet this was supposed to be God. Mm. So move me to the moment when you first either were told about Jesus or you had questions about him or you started to think, this isn't feeling, mm -hmm. not even just this isn't feeling right. I think this is wrong. Mm -hmm. What did that journey look like for you? Well, it took me a really long time because there's such intensely deep ingrained beliefs. Mm -hmm. And from young children, you are just, it's just yeah. drilled into you. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that they drill into you is if you even begin to doubt or believe something else, even question it, that's, that's it. It's the end. You have wow. sinned against God so greatly that your death is now the only thing ahead of you. Wow. And so you can't explore, mm -hmm. you can't ask a question. Um, and so it was, it's very, very frightening to try to leave something like that. Mm. Um, there is really no way. They make it so there's no way. Yeah. And so it took me a, a long time to begin to even think about not not being something else, believing something else, just not believing that. Yeah. And really it was when I started to, to go to college and um, that is a big no for them. To they're, go to college? Yeah, they're big, they're very anti higher education. Got it. But my dad was always like, no, my children will go mm -hmm. to school, which I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, but when I started to go to college, everyone was like, oh, that's it, she's done now. Like they're waiting for me to fall away. Yeah. Um, and so if I felt like I didn't belong and like there was no love before, it was like super amplified at that point wow. because there was so much disapproval. Yeah. And so I just began to be unable to go to meetings mm. because it was so horrible emotionally for me. Yeah. And there was so much shame and like confusion and mm. guilt. Am I doing the right thing? Am I not? I don't understand, I'm very angry, why won't they accept me? And so there was a slow kind of like backing off of mm. going. And at this point I was living on my own. Mm -hmm. I had moved out. I was still very close by to where my parents yeah. were. Um, and so it became just kind of a not doing. I'm not doing that, but I still very much believed it. So your journey was leaving the community per mm -hmm. se, mm -hmm. but still believing yes. because it's all you know and you right. weren't leaving that um, faith. Is it a faith? I don't, 
I don't, I never know if I should call it that or not. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. Well, I'm, if you don't know, I surely don't yeah. know. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but you, so, so you're just kind of pulling away all those things mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. tell me how Jesus enters. So I was pulling away and then simultaneously I was like downward spiraling extremely <clears throat> in just life in life. Yeah. So doing all of the things that you imagine someone does when they spiral downwards. Yeah. Um, I, I was drinking heavily. I was just, Is that okay as a Jehovah's Witness? Oh, not at all. Okay. Not I, I at was, all. I was wondering. Yes. Yeah. I was partying. I was going out. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find guys to hook up yeah. with. I was in like friendship with people that were deeply involved in drugs. I was extremely angry. I had a ton of just self-hatred. Yeah. I was very confused. It was very um, polar opposite yes. of what you had taught and how you grew up. Right. Yeah. And I was also hiding all of that from my family of and course. anybody that was a Jehovah's Witness. I'd occasionally go to a meeting mm-hmm. and then it was like, here I am, perfect, yeah. you know. And so I was I was so in so much pain. Um, and that is when mm. I first met some people that believed in Jesus. And I was I was such an uncomfortable horrible person Mm. i was just picking a fight all the time and i was i was just a mess you know i was it was difficult to be around me i was angry this time this was like twice 20. okay yeah got it and i mean really i started to kind of phase out like around 19. okay um, but you have to understand my whole family are all jehovah's witnesses my grandparents my aunts and uncles my cousins like it's my whole world How how do you leave something like that? Right. You know, yeah. So I was very alone, very angry, mm-hmm. living super destructive life, and then I was studying art, mm-hmm. and then there just happened to be all of these Christians in this art program, which that alone is right. pretty I unusual, know, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And they were like the most attractive people I had ever experienced. Wow! Like I just wanted to be around them. And they, I, I watched their friendships with each other, mm-hmm. and I had never seen anything like that before, ever. I had never been around people like that. Like, wow. they genuinely love each other in a way that is so beautiful. This is just college students hanging out, God right? Me. And I didn't know at the time, but they were all part of, like, a discipleship group yeah. from a local church. And they were, so they were really connected to each yeah. other. You know, it wasn't just random. Right. And one particular friend, Ben who was in my program with me was studying sculpture. Um, he just decided that he was gonna be my friend. Mm. And I know he was doing it because he wanted me to know Jesus and he saw that I was such a complete mess. Yeah. But but he just was like, the way I'm gonna do this is I'm gonna love this person so well that they like can't get away. Mm. And he has a real gift even to this day of loving people. Mm. He's very good at relationship. And he did. And we. Our work to get was like similar. We were interested in the same kind of artists, you know, we were interested in the same topics. So we work in the studio together. And then he introduced me to his other friends and another particular friend named Amanda, who still lives in Austin, still, you know, very close friends with. She was also an artist and we were also in class together. And and they were just like people that every time I showed up, they were happy to see me. Wow. And they would say hello and they would hug me and they would invite me to come and listen to jazz and draw in our sketchbook and Mm -hmm. go get coffee and go to lunch and, you know, do a project together. And I just was drawn in. Mm -hmm. And then very slowly, 
Ben started just sharing about his life in a real normal way. And I knew he went to church and he was a Christian and he was learning stuff. And so every once in a while, he'd ask me, like, what do you believe about this? Yeah. And I was still 100% like, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to preach to him. Yeah. You know? This is my chance. I'm going <laughs> right? to earn my way back. Right. Totally. And, and I was so, even though I really didn't believe that it yeah. was actually anything good, I was just like, this is what I do. That's what you do. And, and they do train people from very young to do that. Like there's a school and we learn how to talk to people yeah. and like how to argue with people mm -hmm. mostly, you know? Yeah. And so we would, we would talk about scripture and I was, I was so horrible mm -hmm. and defensive and, and would get angry with him and would say mean things. And then we would end that conversation. I would think that's it. Like I've ruined that. You know, he's yeah. never going to talk to me again. And the very next day I would show up to class and he'd be like, Phaedra, I'm so happy to see you. I love you. You know, it was just like pure. Yeah. And so that was two years of that. Wow. Two years of these people just like being themselves, loving each other, not being afraid to talk about their life. But also they never once were like, you need to come to church. Wow. I'm going to do a Bible study with you. They were not aggressive, which is all I had ever known. I was going to say it's very anti to what you yes. had been taught. As it to was how exactly the only way yeah. that I could have opened my heart to Jesus wow. was through that kind of experience because it was so different. You know, as you were talking about one of the things you said that made me tear up because I cry every time I, someone tells me their story about coming to Jesus because I just think, God, you're so kind to us mm -hmm. and you're so gracious mm -hmm. and you're just like so patient and when you said the way they loved each other mm -hmm. and I'm like, man, isn't it? That's exactly what Jesus told us. Yes. Is that people will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. Yes. And that you knew. Yes. I mean, you're like, you're like right. proving the right. scripture. Not that we need you to prove it because mm -hmm. Jesus said it, but you are, you're like, mm -hmm. I knew that there was something different about them. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that the funny thing is not funny. I mean, amazing right <laughs> is that scripture is one that the jehovah's witnesses use a lot to talk oh, about themselves yeah they will love. know us by our love uh -huh. but when i saw the love of like real yeah real love uh -huh. real people that are really like wow. no god i was like oh that's nothing yeah like, what you know yeah. it, but but still still i was not like oh okay now jesus yes yeah. like christianity yes okay, i two still years in it's two years so Ben was just faithful to talk to me about random, you know, he'd yeah. be like, I read this scripture. What do you think about this? You know, just real gentle, real uh -huh. sweet and, and honoring of yeah. me and where I was I right. And that. me as a person. Yeah. And then we were doing an art exhibit together and I was like having a very hard time thinking about how we were about to graduate, you know, graduation was getting pretty close. And I was like, I'm not going to be around these people. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, I can't like, I'm so addicted to like true friendship. Yeah. And, and so he came over one night, like right before our exhibit was going to open. And he was like, Hey, I read this scripture today. And I just wondered like what you thought of this. Cause we talked a lot about the Trinity because yeah. it was always, he was always like, I think Jesus is God. And I'm like, he's not, yeah. you know? Uh -huh. And so it was Isaiah nine, six, which says, I'm, and I'm going to cry because I always do at this part, which says, you know, unto us, a child is given a son, a son will be born and his name will be called wonderful counselor, everlasting father, mighty God, Prince of peace. 
Okay, I knew who Prince of Peace was. It was Jesus. Uh I had been taught that. But in the very same sentence, it's this child that will come is also mighty God and everlasting father. Like I couldn't argue with what that verse was saying to us. Like very clearly, Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, is also a mighty God. Like, what does that mean? He's it's also father, also wonderful counselor. Like it's right there. It's the Trinity. Trinity. And I as soon as I read it, I knew that it was true. Wow. And I was super freaked out, super freaked out. And Ben was just kind of gently talking to me. And I was like in a very like fight or flight kind of state in my body. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. I asked him to leave. Um, and I went into my room. And you should know that the night before, there had been a massive raging party at my house. And somebody had attacked me with a broken beer bottle. And there were still people that were like sleeping in my living room. Oh my gosh. Like, okay. this is what I'm in the middle okay, of, yeah. right? Uh-huh. I go into my bedroom and I just fall apart. I am like weeping and screaming. And just like distress, because what you have to understand is if you believe something that is not what the Jehovah's Witnesses taught you is true, what you're saying is, I am willing to die. Wow. I am willing to risk death. And I was at a place where I was like, I am so miserable. Mm -hmm. I am willing willing to die because I think maybe this is true. Maybe Jesus is actually God. Yeah. But I don't know. And I don't care because I'm so broken yeah. that I'm willing to like try to believe it, even, even though I it might mean death forever. Because yeah. they don't believe that you have a soul. They believe that God just remembers you and then you get resurrected. Okay. And so I this was the prayer that I prayed. Not knowing, keep in mind, I have never been to church. I know nothing. I know nothing about how to pray for salvation. No one has told me anything. Yeah. It's literally me and Jesus. I'm on my bed and I pray, Jesus, I want to believe you. I think that you are real and I don't know what that means. That was it, that was my prayer. And literally, I will tell you, he was in the room and I can't explain it. Even today, like I've never experienced anything like that before or since. He was in that room and I knew absolute peace in a moment. I was like calm. Mm -hmm. I felt safe. I felt like he was all around me and I fell asleep. Wow. And then the next morning I woke up and it was like, you know, in the Wizard of Oz when it's like black and white in color. uh It was like that. And literally I did not speak to one other person for five days. I didn't know what had happened to me. I just knew something had happened to me. And my roommates were gone. Those people from the party were gone. (laughs) I was in the house by myself and I was preparing this massively long stitched piece for this exhibit. And so I sat in this chair and I stitched this piece. And one of the, the people that I had been friends with were um, was a musician and she he had given me this CD of these like jazz things that he had made and at the end were like three worship songs that he had written that he just added on there okay I I listened to those songs over and over and over again and I had by some chance my grandfather's old 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 Bible like a 
Bible? That was a real Bible that I had gotten from him because I loved old things and I would always be like, can I have this old thing from your house? And I knew that I had that old, old Bible. And so I pulled that out and I started reading the gospels and Galatians especially. And I was reading like, if Christ has set you free, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And it was like so alive. Like the Holy Spirit was just speaking directly to me. And I cried and I just did that for like, four or five days. I sat in my house and did that. And I was like euphoric. I had so much peace. It was just like me and the Holy Spirit having a party in my house. And, and I didn't, no one manipulated that, right? No one was like, here's how you feel now. And so on that Friday, the, the exhibit was opening like the next day, I went to lunch with Ben. We were talking about detail stuff and he was super stressed. Because he was like, all these things have to happen. And I was just blissed out. And I said to him, you know, the other night when you said like that thing about Jesus and like I could pray, you know, I did that. And I think that's why I'm just feeling so much peace. And he, he, the look on his face, I will never forget. And he reached across the table and held my hands and was like, you did what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I prayed to Jesus. And he just like showed up in my room. I mean, he is God. And he, it was like, he just couldn't believe it. Right. Cause for two years yeah. here, he has been praying for me. And little did I know he left that night and actually drove around the block until two in the morning, just praying Stop. for me, praying for me. And all of these people that I was like, these are my friends. I love them. I love being around them. They were all like super intensely praying for me this whole time. I didn't know. I, I had no idea. I mean, of course they were. I'm a wreck. How do I go on no, with my day? No, I know. <laughs> so, so then, you know, it was like I had to figure out what happened. Still, had never been to church. Oh, you just never been crossing yourself. A big right. <laughs> like, and so everything was everything was new. Everything was like, what's Christian music? What are denominations? What are Bible translations? Like. Who's C.S. Lewis? Yeah. Who's who's Bond? They were all reading like Bonhoeffer's Life Together. <laughs> of they were. Who's that? Yeah. You know, like I know nothing. Yeah, I am like a blank slate, which is really really beautiful. It's in a amazing. Lot of ways. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, and I did. You know, they were a part of a Bible church. This was in Denton. All of this happened yeah. up north of Dallas. And I went to that church. Was it Denton Bible? Yes, Denton Bible. I know so many people yes. who came out of that church. Such a great place. Yes. And I went and it was really the perfect place for me because it was such solid biblical teaching, which is yeah. what I really needed. Uh -huh. I needed like straight up Bible. Oh. And, you know, so many experiences. Like I was at dinner with a bunch of them um, after that. This was weeks later. And I was like, what if I like, what if I change my mind? Like, what if? <laughs> What if I don't like believe it and then I like lose this? And they were like, oh, no, you can't. <laughs> and they had to explain salvation to yeah. me, you know, and it was like the biggest relief of my life. And and everything was like that for for a while yeah. where it was like, well, what about this? Well, what is a soul? Well, what about heaven? Like, well, well, what about the Holy Spirit? Like, I didn't know anything, but it it just was done. Jesus, he did it in such a sweet way. Because it was like every, everything that I needed came along at the right time, you know? Yeah. And I was, I went to a bunch of different churches those first few years, like all different kinds. And I feel like I had a real incubation period of sweetness, you know? And those friends, we then started praying together before school. We'd have breakfast afterward. It was just the sweetest, like, 
intentional community. All artists, all love the Lord. And I was just like folded right into that. <sighs> I love every story that I hear. And what I often am reminded of is that God is the God of saving his people. Mm-hmm. And although he used so many people in your life, that is not discounted at all. There was this moment that you just went into your room and prayed. You didn't even know what you're saying. And like the Holy Spirit, he's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, like no one could have done that for you. I just am just in awe at the way God works in people's lives. And, and obviously there are moments when you're sitting with someone and you're like, Hey, let's pray. And then they're like, Hey, I'm coming to you as a friend. Tell me about you. And you literally were just in relationships and then God moved in your life. Yeah. And it is beautiful. Well, I think honestly it could not have happened any other way yeah. because I had been in such a manipulated environment. Yeah. I don't think I could have done it like at church. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I really, I needed it to be me and him. Yeah. And he knew that. And, and what has happened is I have drawn on that experience so many times because it's not like you come to the Lord and then like life is easy now. I mean, I really thought it would be that way, honestly, Uh because it was pretty dreamy those first few months because I was just like, I said, like bliss out on Jesus. And but life happens and hard, truly hard things happen. Mm. And we have experienced some deeply heartbreaking seasons. I mean, we struggled with infertility for eight years. Like there there has been true pain. Mm. And for a long time, I was confused about that yeah. and about like, why am I experiencing this? Because yeah. I came to you, Lord, and right. like, you saved me. Mm-hmm. And now everything's fine, right? Yeah. And I'm safe. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, I'm safe now. And your life was so hard before. And I had nothing before. Right. Yeah. I, I was talking to a pastor friend about this because I was really struggling with like, isn't God supposed to make my life easy now? Like, everything's fine now, right? And we kind of got down to this thing where I, I really thought, oh, I would be safe from harm. I would be safe from pain. It would be gone. And I have not experienced that. I have, I have not felt, oh, I'm safe now. What I have felt is I am so alive. I am alive and I can feel everything. And I can, I can go anywhere with God. I can go into any pain and into any joy. And I have this tether where I am just not going to be left on my own. And it doesn't mean like, oh, I've never felt alone or never felt God's absence, but it's been, there's this, this net underneath me that I am not, I will not be left there. And he just knows everything that we experience. He has experienced it. When I was miscarrying my first baby, I was laying on my bed And I'm thinking, you know, Father, what it feels like to lose a child. You know what it's like. I can be with you. You are with me. Like I just have felt his nearness and presence in a way that is like, it's everything, right? It's everything. And and I, in times where I feel really afraid, like this is hard, I often go back to that time you know, in that room where I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is real and that he loves us and that we belong to him. And I'm just never going to be able to get rid of that. You know, like I I think of that scripture where Simon, I think it's in John, Simon Peter is like, you know, Jesus asks, do you want to leave also? <laughs> Simon Peter says, 
where Where shall we go? Where shall we go? (laughs) You have the words to eternal life. Like, that's how I feel. Like, Lord, you have ruined me forever for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There is literally nowhere else I could go. Yeah. Even if I feel like this is the hardest thing or I'm so confused, literally, there is nowhere else for me to go. Mm. Where would I go? Phaedra, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It is a beautiful reminder of the goodness of God um, in all of our lives. And I'm really grateful that you would share that with us. I want to ask this, and you can tell me as much as you want, because I'm only asking for the listener, because they're all going to be wondering. (laughs) Uh, You are a Christian. Yes. Your family that you grew up in at origin, are they still Jehovah's Witness? Are they Christians and just because only people are going to be like, oh, what happened yes. to our family? So my family are not no longer, my immediate family are no longer Jehovah's Witnesses. They have all since left. Um, I am the only Christian. Um, but we have a good relationship. Wonderful. And, you know, I think in it was hard for all of us in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm, I am always hopeful that they will in some way come to know more about God. Yeah. I, f- I feel that they all do know about God but I I know that there's more for them Vader thank you um, so much thank you for listening you guys I hope that you loved Vader's uh, interview as much as I loved it I I, I literally you're, you, I hope you tell I could have talked to her forever and I have so many questions about just her journey of falling in love with Jesus you know I couldn't help but think about when she told the story about being in her bedroom and just saying that very innocent childlike prayer to Jesus and how he, he changed her life. Like this is real stuff that we're talking about. This is the Holy Spirit coming and helping us. And I couldn't help but think about the man who asked Jesus just to help him with his unbelief. He just says, man, Jesus, I, I believe. I want to believe. Help me with my unbelief. And that is a prayer that is okay to pray. And God is faithful to help us with that. You guys, I want to remind you, if there's any of you listening and you think to yourself, I want to know Jesus. I don't even have a Bible. I don't know where to start. We want to get you a Bible if you need one. Email us, Jamie, that's J-A-M-I-E. So Jamie at JamieIvy.com, and we will get a Bible into your hands. You guys, we're still celebrating all summer long the fact that we hit 500 episodes earlier in June. And here is another celebration, kind remark from I don't know who yet. My team keeps surprising me, so let's hear it. Congratulations on 500 episodes, Jamie. You are clearly meant for what you do, and you are such natural at what you do. Our conversation um, a few years ago has been one of the highlights, honestly, of my life. It was so fun and wonderful to be able to talk to you, and you just made me feel so comfortable, too. So thank you for that. Thank you for the gift that you have that you share with the world. And I can't wait to hear and see all that you end up doing in the future. Oh, my gosh. Shruti Parker. Okay, so guys, if you've not heard Shruti Parker's interview, go back because I just thought about her interview. In fact, this summer we're doing our Encounter series and uh, Shruti's episode, she talks about a girl in eighth grade, like telling her about Jesus. And I think about it all of the time. Shruti is a dear friend. Uh, Thank you for your kind words, Shruti. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review 
wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.